Last time on Dice Heist, Bertram awakens to find that Adam left him with homework to leaf through and Dirk managed to get into the chocolates. When Dirk awakens, he notices he fell asleep with some chocolate caramels in his hand and rather than making a bad situation worse, he begins licking his hands clean. As Adam awakens to this mess, he begins to use his magic to clean up after Dirk as they hear a knock at the door. A servant named Naya informed them that they are to attend dinner shortly and that dinner attire is required. Bertram begins to dress in his one set of fine clothing as Adam realizes all that is in his bag is a bunch of food and his fancy cape. Oh, and where did that rat get off to? Dirk, with the help of Adam, cleans up the outfit he is wearing and they all head to dinner looking barely presentable. As they enter the dining hall, they notice the three dwarves already hard at work trying to drain the ship's supply of ale in one meal. The elves seem disgusted by the dwarves and show indifference towards the group. Seated at their left is the human philanthropist named Broden, with his two guards standing behind him. Dirk realizing that no one is watching the engine room as the ship takes off, tries to leave but runs into a snag as the metallic dragonborn are being led into the dining hall. Once Dirk is gone and the Dragonborn have all been seated, the first course is served, and it is delicious. Dirk, while he is away, drops Zed in the engine room to keep an eye on things, and Bertram discusses the institution of marriage with both Broden and the halfling girl, Anna Lynn. Once Dirk arrives back, he hastily catches up with dinner, but can't help but decide to pull a prank on the Dwarven Prince. He realizes quickly that his prank has gone horribly wrong as the metallic dragonborn stand up and begin to draw their weapons. Welcome back to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Nick, and I'm playing Dirk Vilgoth, the human arcane trickster. Over to you, Bronson. Hey, this is Bronson. I'm playing a rogue wizard, a uh, bladesinger wizard, as a matter of fact. Aaron, what about you? Uh, this is Aaron. I'll be playing Bertram Dirgestride, and uh, he is our resident College of Whispers bard. And to you, DM. Hey guys, this is Raceland, and we're back on Dice Heist for episode number seven. I'm super excited because last time, Dirk did something kind of stupid. And we kind of need to figure out what actually happened there. So last time, Dirk, would you mind explaining how your prank, we'll call it in air quotes, uh, went awry? Uh, yeah, so Dirk had the unfortunate uh, thought of placing his invisible mage hand inside of the dwarf prince's uh, mug as he was going to chug it down. And the mage hand ended up uh, just deep-throating him with a <laughs> full hand, and he ended up uh, spewing all over the table right towards the captain. And uh, you can uh, go ahead and uh, describe the rest of that scenario, DM. Yeah. So, so... You managed to deep throat a prince with some <laughs> fingers, and this was while they were all at dinner. The three dragonborn delegates sitting at the end of the table unfortunately noticed your sly spell casting, and were not too happy to see you attack a person of nobility, even if it is an idiot dwarf. Uh, and it all ended as they stood up backing away and began to draw weapons on you while staring you down. Dirk, you have this moment of panic as you realize that your prank has gone way too far 
And not only have you endangered yourself, but also your friends and everyone else sitting at this table. You knew that this is a high-stakes situation. Why were you why were you pranking them? That's not that's not what you should be doing right now. And as you think to yourself this, you look up, and things are as they were a few moments ago. You have your hands out, beginning to cast underneath the table to silently bring that mage hand into the goblet of the dwarf, but you catch yourself just as you're about to do it. Dirk looks at his hands, and they shake a little as he realizes that's a terrible idea. He sets them back down and looks at his friends and goes about goes about his day. Uh, Bertram and Adam, as he looks at you, I want you guys to roll an insight check, please. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just going to ask. Do I notice him like <laughs> beginning to cast a spell? Does he have that look? <laughs> yeah, we were both. We're, yeah, we were both thinking the same thing. <laughs> Dirk currently has a look of. What the hell? Oh, okay. And then just like, just like perks up and tries to be very proper. Right. That's after a ten that. insight for you, DM. Okay. And then Adam, also a ten. <laughs> okay. So you guys notice very minimal. Uh, you notice Dirk is kind of on edge for a moment. And it seems as if he was fiddling with something under the table. And that it seemed to almost scare him. But you're not really sure what, what else is going on. He seems to be back to normal immediately. But we do see fear of some kind. Yeah, you see a very brief moment of fear. But that's it. Uh, I'm just going to try to sneak glances under the table to make sure there's not like a something scary down there. Okay, yeah, go ahead and make a uh, uh, stealth check. Or a sleight of hand, whichever one you feel is more appropriate to, like, sneakily lift up the tablecloth so no one notices. Uh, let's say 24. Actual 19. Okay, no one in the world will ever know that you were looking underneath the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see nothing of import. Uh, yeah, I'll just straighten the napkin on my lap and just kind of fluff the uh, tablecloth to get a peek. Mm-hmm. You look over to your left, Bertram, and our friend, who you were talking to, named uh, Broden, mm-hmm. he looks up at you and says, is everything all right, sir? Oh, uh, everything is quite good. I was just uh, readjusting my uh, presentation, as it were. Well, I think it would be wonderful if you and your friends joined me in the lounge for a few drinks tonight. I'd love to hear more about your exploits. And maybe oh, I could partake of you could partake of a few of my stories as well. Yes, I I cannot wait to hear more about your outlooks on life. Certainly. Great. Will your friends be joining us? Any kind of motions down to you two? Uh, now, are you? Have you had your fill already? The meal is over, sir. Well, then I best get my friends in gear. In tow. Sure, we can go have a drink. Dirk says. Adam's gonna take out his journal. He's gonna glance up at uh, Broden real quick, and then look back down <laughs> at his journal, and he's gonna start writing writing in it, but he just he just nods his head. Ah, I see you're a chronicler, not a doer. I was going to say, Dirk wants to kind of take a, make a scan of the room for any suspicious activity of anyone in the room. Yeah, go ahead and make a investigation check. Okay. Not too great. 11. Okay, so you just kind of pick up the surface, what's going on right now. So it seems like everyone's packing up from dinner. They finished their meal, and they're just finishing off the last of their drink that they were drinking with dessert. There's conversation, but they seem to be dying down. And the three dwarves uh, 
the prince who has guzzled his way through at least 40 beverages now Jesus. at this point <laughs> oh. is now passed out on the ground. And his two buddies next to him are just cackling to themselves and begin dragging him out of the room by his ankles. Somebody has a stomach of holding. <laughs> should should we be concerned? Uh, this this person now weighs three times the weight in liquids. Ah, he's fine. <laughs> he drank way more the night before he proposed. Ah. Marriage seems to make us do strange things, I'm learning today. Yeah. He was doing things beforehand. <laughs> so they drag him out and the three dragonborn and the elves just sit quietly having very quiet conversation with the captain to the point where it's almost a whisper. And the captain stands up after a moment and says, Thank you all for joining us for dinner. I hope you can find your accommodations welcoming tonight. Uh, we ask that you return to your rooms or go enjoy yourself in the lounge at this time. If there's anything else we can do for you tonight, please let us know. Our servants are working all day and all night to provide for your every single need. At last, I would like to thank our chef for preparing this beautiful meal for you. I hope it was to all of your liking. Please enjoy your stay aboard the IHA Silver Set. <laughs> do not forget that there will be another two days before we arrive. And he kind of uh, steps off to the side as the three dragonborn leave, uh, and he directs them out and follows them to kind of lead them back to their room. Hatnick does uh, the same, but with the elven delicacy, and the three halflings shortly after get up and head off as well. And the four of you and Dick and Rick are still sitting at the table conversing as... Broden suggests you all get up and go to the lounge. If you guys are willing to do so and follow him, he leads you on, and Broden, however, sends Dick and Rick back to the room. As they're aboard an airship, there's no need for their protection anymore. Dirk wants to excuse himself and kind of subtly trail Dick and Rick to confirm where they go, and he'll leave Bertram and Adam to converse, and he'll just kind of whisper in Adam's ear, keep an eye on this one. I don't like him. Okay, I'm going to need you to make a stealth check to slink away okay. without alerting Broden. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just leaving the room you know, oh, casually. you're going a different direction. Like, yeah, like if if you want to make have me make a stealth check to whisper into Adam's ear, that's fine. But I'm I'm just like casually leaving up. Where are you going, sir? I'll, I'll just go. Oh, my! Our good friend Dirk here sometimes has a weak constitution post dinner. I'm sure he will join us shortly. Uh, please lead the way by a good man, Broden, and I will I, just pat him on the shoulder. I'm sorry, I. I must insist, it would be rude if you did not stay for at least one drink. Mm. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at look at <laughs> look at Bertram and then look at Dirk. <laughs> Dirk's already gone. Dir Dirk's Dirk just walked out. He's just already <laughs> gone. Alrighty then, that's fine. <laughs> that was very rude. I yes, I do apologize. He well, he is rude. That is his way. Is he not the Sir Frederick Wellesley I've been hearing about? Well, there's Sir Frederick Wellesley, and then there's F Sir Frederick Wellesley. What you may hear may not reflect the man in the flesh. I'm sure not everything said of you, my good man Broden, is true. Of course not. Why would it be true? There we have it. What did you hear? I've, I haven't heard anything yet, but I will let you know if I do. I give you my word. So you begin having conversation, and uh, Jessiesa comes from around the bar to you and asks if she can bring you a drink of any sort. She takes your orders and does so, 
Uh, Adam, you remember that you are now back in the lounge where there was a small library of books. I'm sure your interest is at least a little bit piqued as to what might be aboard the ship. Oh, yeah. I, I actually made a note of it's basically like a wall of books, essentially, in the lounge, right? And then across from it yep. is uh, the bar. Yep. Yeah. I, and there's I, like a little sitting area in between. Adam, yeah. Adam made a note of that to come back and revisit it at some point. Uh, doesn't okay. doesn't want to be rude to Broden, so until no, we wouldn't want to do that. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so for now, he's just gonna tag along. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you you'll tag along in conversation, and you'll have a few glances upward at the bookshelf, kind of longingly. But other than that, you stay pretty interested in conversation to the best of your ability. And for the most part, Broden just talks about things that are. Seem kind of shady in dealings, but maybe not entirely illegal. <laughs> Every note I've made on this guy is just that he's sketchy. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he just is sketchy. I don't know how else to put it. He's saying things that are sketchy. He seems to be okay appearing sketchy and is continuing to do things. <laughs> right. We're going to leave you guys chatting with him as you enjoy sipping drinks, and we're going to go over to Dirk. Okay. So Dirk is trailing these two bulking idiots. And he follows them back to uh, what you believe to be Broden's room. Okay. And they use the key that they were given, open the door, and both enter, locking the door behind them, seemingly. Okay. Um, with that, I want to try to find... Uh, head of security, I believe her name is Zaza. That is correct. Uh, the okay. head of security is a female gnome named Zaza. Okay. I'll, I'll want to try to find her. That way I can discuss with her briefly. Okay. Sounds good. So you would guess that she is probably, or at least you could head towards the cockpit of the ship to kind of figure out where she is. Okay. Uh, so you head there first, and you head on down. You get to the cockpit. When you get there, there are there is another guard waiting directly at the door, and he says, Holt, there's to be no entry into the cockpit. I wish to speak with Zaza. It is an important matter. I see. Give me one moment to contact her. And he reaches his hand up to his ear and then quietly mumbles something. Uh, what languages do you speak, Dirk? Uh, I think just Elvish and Common. Okay. Yeah, so you do not hear anything else. Uh, you don't understand what he's trying to say, uh, but he does say something into the some sort of magical contraption that he has built into his helmet. Okay. When he turns back, he says... Zaza will meet you here in a moment. Please just wait patiently. Thank you. So you wait for a moment. While you're waiting, we'll jump back to Bertram and Adam. Yep. And at this point, we jump back to Broden standing on top of the little table that's standing or that's in between the uh, the chairs in the sitting room, and he is very loudly and energetically uh, and very rambunctiously explaining a story where him and his two bodyguards had gotten aboard a pirate vessel and in the dark of night stolen all of their cargo without them knowing and then sold it off to the highest bidder only to have the pirates come after him later. And he's, he's describing this story where he's escaping from the pirates, chasing him down, the streets of Vago years ago. And Dick and Rick were all but little boys at this point. The streets of Vago, you say? Are you from there? Well, not originally. So, fortune brought you to Vago? Y yes, we'll call it fortune. Fortune brought me to Vago. I, this surprises me a little, to be honest. Why is that? Most folk I know in Vago simply were born there. Never left. 
Yes, well, some people come from other shitty places. Two more shitty places. The world is just full of shitty places where people come from and people go to. All of them seem interesting when it's new, but once it's old, they're just shitty places. I feel that once I'm here in Agelfia for long enough, I'll feel it's just another shitty place again myself. I see. So you've not yet traveled to Agelfia before? Well, not on such a permanent basis. Of course, I've been there before. I just... I've never moved and lived there myself. So these pirates, how did you eventually give them the slip? Well... You see... I... I know some people. You ever hear of this guy named Gandon? Never. Never? That's surprising. You said you grew up in Vago? Of course. And that's probably why no one knows who Gandon is. He's like, well, Gandon, being the crime lord he is now, wasn't always that way. He used to be just a low-level thug who uh, I considered a pal of mine growing up. And you know he's not from Vago either. Really? Where, where is uh, Gandon from? Uh, if I told you that, he'd have to kill you. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't want that, now would we? There's no smile on his face when he said that. <laughs> nope, nope, no, nope, nope. You wouldn't nope, want that, nope, would we you? We would not. Mm-mm. But anyways, so I was friends with Gandon back then, and he told me of where another rival gang had a drop going down. And I led these pirates directly to it, stormed through and then ran away, and the two of them just picked each other off like little flies. It was perfect. Never seen something so beautiful in my life. And guess who got off scot-free? Me and my boys, Dick and Rick. If only we could all find ourselves a Dick and Rick. They're not that hard to find. And where where did you find yours? Oh, you know, out in the plains. I I I'm sure that I don't know. What what do you mean by that? You know, out on the plain. Do I sense that he's being deceptive, or that he's trying to hide something here? Uh, he seems like he's being coy about it, but he doesn't seem to be trying to hide anything. If I could, just. Which planes? You know, the ones to the south. And as soon as he says that, you remember that directly south of Vago, there's a very small bit of grassy land, mm-hmm. and then directly below that, there is just immense uninhabitable, or uninhabitable desert that is only home to the worst of the creatures that exist on this world. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if he meant, like, alternate material planes. <laughs> no, no, he does not mean that at all. No. It's like, damn. Based on his information, go ahead and make a insight or history check. Either of you. Ooh. Or both of you, rather. Do insight better. Not one. Way to go. 19. 19, okay. So, Adam, you are thoroughly confused by this explanation. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, You're like, I don't even what, know who Gandon is and shit. What planes are you talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. There are no planes south of Vago. Uh, but, Bertram, you know that there are a few tribes of nomads. Mostly of Orc heritage that live directly south of Vago in the the grasslands stretching between there and the desert. So it is your best assumption that they are not human at all. Or in fact orc or some other hybrid of orc. If if I could continue to pry into your life story, um 
what in the God's name took you to the plains? Business, of course. Oh, what of else course. takes you anywhere? Of course, business. The driving factor of life itself. Enough about me, though. You, you uh, say you're from Vago, but I hear you're traveling with this Sir Frederick Wellesley, who is from Agelfia, is he not? That is, uh, I believe, quite right. Sir Frederick Wellesley finds help where he needs it. I see. So, have you been living in Agelfia for long, or at all? Well, I don't know if anyone truly lives in Agelfia. Don't doesn't uh, everyone just simply travel for business and stay in places for business and of business? As you say that, the bartender uh, says, "I I live in Agelfia." Ah, and that is a house there. Got a ma and a pa. I live there. And here you are, in the business of living in Agelfia. You know what? Make your own fucking drinks. And then she walks out Wait, of the lounge. I, that's not... <laughs> I did not intend that as an insult. I'm going to, I guess, go make myself a drink behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. You try to walk behind the bar, and there is a barrier in your way of uh, some magical sort. So no one's getting drinks anymore. Sorry, everyone. I've ruined the fun. And then Jess Yessa pops up from behind the bar again. Boo. Well, you had me. You had me. I thought I was ruined. <laughs> no, you're just not drinking anymore tonight. I, I, please? I've had a rough couple days. Mm-hmm. If I could only apologize for my past self, I promise you this current present self is an entirely different mannered person. Well, I could believe that with the right persuasion. Of course, persuasion. The business of business. I'm just going to put two gold on the counter. Oh, she seems kind of disappointed by this, but still takes the gold and then pours you a drink. Thank you for the beverage. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I feel that the wind has left your sails, and I have the slightest idea of why. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> good, 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 good. Could I have another drink? And I'll just down this one. Yeah, so she gave you rock gut whiskey. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my big mouth. <laughs> uh, it's a dirty 20, though. Okay, yeah. You you swallow it like a champ, and she seems a little impressed. Says, Oh, I'm sorry. You said constant con? Yeah, I con saving throw. So it would have been 17. 14, 17. Three. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, yeah. you, you, you uh, take it like a champ. She's like, no problem, and pours you another glass of the same thing. <laughs> you're, you're to be cherished. Thank you. Thank. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm just gonna turn my back to the bar, I guess. It just <laughs> And there's tears running down your cheeks. Just, just yeah. <laughs> just trying my best to just keep swallowing the like just like the smallest bit of vomit in the back of my throat. <laughs> uh yeah. So you head back over to chat with your friends, I'm guessing. I'm and definitely ejecting out of here. Yeah. So we're going to hop back over to Dirk. And mm -hmm. Dirk, we left you waiting for Zaza, the mm -hmm. security officer aboard the ship. And she rolls up after a few moments. She says, ah, Sir Frederick Wellesley, what can I do you for? I need to speak with you privately, if we may. I see. Uh, come with me. And she takes you down the hall into uh, a area that seems similar to a barracks, or what you would guess is a barracks. Mm -hmm. And uh, she sits you down at a very small desk. It says, what can I help you with aboard the ship? Well, so far, the investigation has been limited success, but my 
primary suspect so far is Broden Nohan. He has an air about him that, as somebody who has experience in this field, I can sense that there is something off with him. Uh, And his guards seem like his muscle here in case things go wrong for him. My guess would be that his target, the assassin's target, is the metallic dragonborn nobles that we have on board. As if any of them were to be assassinated, it could cause great havoc amongst the two Yes, uh, literally could cause a war. Exactly. So the high stakes are there. I would focus security on them especially. Uh, Potentially Prince Yofit would be a target as well as he is nobility. But the highest stakes are with the metallic dragon. I see, I see. Yes, it's it's well known that the tensions between the Gelfia and the Metallics are not great as of yet, but we're working on it. So, uh, have you have you gotten anything else from him? I left my two companions, uh, my investigation team. They are uh, discussing with him, gathering intel in a social uh, atmosphere. So, I trust them to gain intelligence, but I am the eyes and ears elsewhere in the ship at the moment. But they, he, he is my prime suspect as of right now. It could still be anyone, but so far all of my evidence leads to him. I see. I would appreciate if you had any other info on other suspects you may have, because I know you mentioned that he was your prime suspect, but do you have others? The halfling family, although they seem unsuspecting, that may be what makes it one of the greatest covers, with them being so unsuspecting. They have an unusual reason for traveling, where the daughter seems like she is obsessed with loving a husband that she has yet to meet. And she says that she already loves him, which seems off to me, but perhaps that's just this quirky family. Arranged marriages are pretty common amongst halfling nobles and halfling halflings of upper society, so she may just be putting on a front. I don't know. Ah. Uh, They seem so innocent, though. I really don't think that they could harm anyone. I doubt it, but I don't like to rule anyone out until I'm given proof. Okay. Can you make a persuasion check to see if you can convince her that this family is worth her time? Okay. Yeah, sweet. Plus zero. Okay, 19. Okay, so yeah, she... She's like, all right, all right. I don't think that they should, they are suspect, but you have a lot of experience in this, so I will trust your judgment and I will make sure that we have a guard posted near their room to keep an eye on them. Does that sound fair? Fair enough. Good. Uh, In addition, I will post another guard towards uh, Broden's room, if you wish. Yes. All right. That sounds good to me. Uh... I think it's best for you to avoid suspicion, though, at this time. Agreed. As your frequent trips away from the main entertainment of the ship has been causing a little bit of stir. There were a few questions apparently asked to the captain from the delicacy as to why someone of such low standing was allowed to arrive late to dinner. Understood. So we would appreciate it if you continued to show discretion and not to make your investigation known to the other guests. 
Agreed. Thank you. Uh, is that all for this evening? That is all for now. I will continue the investigation and we will all remain on our toes. All right. Well, please go enjoy the rest of your evening. I will set the guards to work. And then she uh, she goes off uh, and leaves and then goes back to the cockpit. Uh, you, I'm assuming, head back to the lounge or where are you going? Isn't this some good quality music? This is Giants on the War March. Earth Shakers Go to War by Renee Van Toll from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dyson. I want to, as as I'm leaving the room with Zaza, uh, just take a look through Zed's eyes where I left him in the engine room and just kind of take a quick little uh, peek what's going on in there. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. So you take a quick peek in the engine room, and it is just filled with steam right now. And you see the three gnomes still hard at work. Uh, one of them is starting to uh, walk out of the room towards uh the back okay uh and you actually didn't notice this door when you first were in the engine room but there's a small door and when so uh you see one of the gnomes head towards the back where there's a door and when it's opened uh zed can see a few cots that are in this room and it just seems to be a place where they can take a rest in between their shifts okay all right um Yeah, it's a good question. Should I go to the lounge? I left pretty rudely, and I'd need to bullshit my way if I go back. Yeah, I'm... I I guess I'll go back to the... uh, Back to the lounge, sure. Okay. You head your butt back to the lounge, and you get there as Bertram is heading back to the sitting area to chat with his friends after his odd interaction with Jesse Essa. I'm going to hand Dirk a drink. Here, I got you a beverage, Sir Wesley. Oh, thank you. I I do apologize for my rude exit <laughs> before I... My, my... That turtle soup did not... Uh, that dragon turtle soup did not agree with me, and I needed to... Um evacuate uh, my stomach. Uh, And I needed to do it expressly and I did not want to waste time speaking when it was at risk. 
And the drink I handed him was the yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. I'm okay. sure Derek uh, knows what it is. And, and now that I'm thinking well, of it, alcohol is probably not a good idea for me to mix with after sir, that. So, Sir Frederick Wellesley, as uh, Broden stands up and he holds, holds up his drink, like I said before, it would be rude not to drink. Oh, a toast. Very, very well. Right. Sir Frederick, would you, would you mind toasting for us? To friendship and a joyous journey soaring through the air. What a wonderful toast. And he clinks glasses with you and drinks and watches you as you drink. I'm guessing that's Making a Making sure you actually drink it. Do you drink it? Or do you try and dump it secretly? So, just to be clear, this was this was handed to me by Bertram. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay, so so it wasn't handed to me by him. Okay, so nope. I'll I'll just kind of give Bertram a look like, is this safe? Like like kind of a, a look and look down to it and then wait for his cue. Um, Bertram's doing his best to stifle a laugh. Okay. I'm going to need a deception check. Okay. <coughs> for, from Bertram? Yes, of course. Okay. That is a 15. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, that would definitely pass, I think, uh, Dirk's passive perception. Uh, passive perception is 14. Yep, so that beats you. All right. So, yeah, you do not notice that he is giggling to himself right now. Uh, you think it's perfectly safe to drink. So when you take a swig of it, I have to ask, is this something that Dirk would normally drink? Cheap whiskey? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he okay. he drinks cheap and hard. <laughs> okay, yeah, then there is no constitution check required. I just knew for a fact that Bertram would never be caught dead drinking this. Okay. So hence why I made him make the constitution check. But you are perfectly accustomed to this. You take a swig and you feel right at home. Ooh, that was a good one. Jess, yes, it giggles in the background. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you are having your conversation. And so, how was your evacuation, Sir <laughs> Frederick? Or should I call you Sir, Sir Wel- Wellesley? What's the appropriate casual term? Sir Frederick is just fine. Okay. Uh, yes, it, it. I did what needed to happen, and uh, <laughs> I am feeling much better now. I, I hear you're very good at doing what needs to happen. You're not. Are you not a uh, hunter of assassins and escaped convicts? Well, it is common knowledge, but yes, that is my occupation. And how does an assassin hunter come to have the title, sir? Uh, history check? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a history check. Okay. Well, ma'am wouldn't quite fit, now would it? Uh, 22. Okay, yeah, you know exactly why. Um, you know that Sir Frederick Wellesley earned his knighthood, similar to that of uh, actors who often le- earn a knighthood from England nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just due to your esteemed work for... Okay. Well, when you do so much for the city of Egelfia as I, you can earn such a title. Ah, I see. So, unlike where I grew up, where you had to be born into a family that was wealthy, you just simply earned your title? Yes, the tasks that I performed for the city was a great service, and as as such, one of my uh, forms of award for my services was the title of Sir Frederick Wellesley. I see. So apparently, 
taking out the trash earns you a knighthood. As it were. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. So you sit down and have kind of strained and catty conversation back and forth with Broden. Right. Who should we not knight if not our garbage men and women? Hmm? Do, do, and I want to kind of, just to poke a little bit, I want to kind of like do a little bit of thieves cant just to okay. kind of um, get an idea for his understanding of like it, it, what I'm saying and yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that out of character real quick. So go ahead and make a, uh, hmm. make a perception check to see if you notice anything. Cause he does not outwardly do anything at all. Right. When you, when you start piecing in this thieves camp into your speech. Uh, also I'd like, uh, <laughs> what? gonna hit me <laughs> i am gonna hate you yep. uh before you tell me what you rolled <laughs> adam go ahead and roll another perception check as i believe you also understand thieves can't being a level one rogue. 13 okay and then go ahead dirk what'd you get dirk uh, uh i think you can guess dm <laughs> got a nat one. <laughs> oh, you wish another natural 20 <laughs> okay all right all right i'll remember this so you get a nat 20 an asshole. All right. <laughs> I can and take a picture if you want. <laughs> as soon as you start using this language, he seems to be focusing in on your hand motions that are describing these things. Mm-hmm. And he seems to definitely be understanding. Okay. Uh, you also do notice the exact same thing happening from Adam as he catches on to your, uh, your little like secret, secret uh, question of, do you speak thieves can't? You know, like... Right. Just slyly asking that within conversation. Right. It's it's a common thing that happens among thieves where one is curious if the other is of the same persuasion and will do the same thing. But instead of the appropriate response, which is, of course, you know, with other hand motions, you see nothing but a, a very slight smirk on his face. Okay. Almost unnoticeable. So from that, yeah, you can tell that he definitely does at least understand you. And with that, you all immediately are frozen in place. As you hear a blood-curdling scream come from down the hall. It sounds like the scream of a woman. So when you say we freeze in place, you you don't mean like we're paralyzed. You just mean like no 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 no. no. It's like that quick moment where you're like you hear this blood curdling scream and all conversation and motion just halts for that brief moment, less than half a second. But you just you feel like you have to do nothing but listen to this shriek of terror. Okay, so yeah, uh, Dirk will get up and immediately rush out to see what happened. Okay, Uh, Adam and Bertram. Um, I want to, before I rush out, I want to get everyone else's, if I can, get a sense of everyone else's reaction in the room. I want to see if someone doesn't look like as surprised as they should. Okay, yeah, go ahead and make a perception check real quick. 15. 15. Uh, everyone seems very surprised by this, including okay. Broden uh, and just Yessa. I'm going to follow. Okay. So you follow, and then Adam, what is your initial reaction? Uh, Adam was busy looking at some of the books on the shelves, but now that there's a blood-curling scream, uh, yeah, he's going <laughs> to go He's gonna go with the others, looking just as surprised. So Adam drops the two books that he has picked up off the shelves, and then they just clatter to the floor as he charges off down the hall. So I'm going to actually need... Uh, athletics checks from all of you to see how quickly you all can get to the source. I will also need uh, a group perception check. So these are going to be two group checks 
Okay. Uh, we've we've talked about that before. Uh, success for both of them is a DC 15. Well, I got a one on mine. Okay. Fa- failed the athletics, and what was the second one? Uh, it was a perception check. So athletics for me was 18. Okay. So we have one success with Dirk. Uh, we had one failure with Bertram, and I believe, Adam, you said you got a nat yeah. one. Yeah, so that means that we got three failures. So you guys did not do so great. You're right two, now at like failures. a negative two. Yeah, well, you're not doing great. An extra failure. Yeah. All right. Well, would it, would the athletics check, should that be a, a group thing, or could it be like Dirk gets there before the other two? That's fair. We can do that. Yeah, Dirk would get there before the other two. Okay. Uh, for the perception, I got a six. Six. Uh, Dirk? Perception, uh, uh, 23. 23. And then Adam? I got 23 for mine as well. Okay. So, yeah. You guys had no trouble with your perception check. You know exactly where this is coming from. And you follow the path. And as you do so, there's almost this brief moment of panic as you're heading towards your own quarters. Oh, shit. And as you approach... I'm going to roll something real quick to see what you see when you approach. All right, so this is not the best outcome, but probably could be worse. Uh, You see in front of you your door hanging open and bent over on the ground, sobbing into her arms, is your servant that had come and got you for dinner, Naya. And there is Zaza standing over her, rubbing her back and looking into the room. And as you turn the corner, she turns towards you with almost this look of confusion and disgust at the same time. Behind her, down the hall at the very end, there are two guards garbed in the black plate armor that you have seen before that almost looks plastic in nature. I've described it as almost sheen, but it's definitely not metal. You're not sure what kind of material it's made out of, but the best way to describe it is possibly plastic. Okay. What do you do from here? We have to see what the fuck's <laughs> they're screaming about, I guess. So, so you, said, you said that she looked at Dirk like she's disgusted? At all three of you as she sees you. And she begins to turn around and face towards the guards and begins to say something. Uh, You guys are right now, say, 10, 15 feet away from her. You have a choice. You can either stop running or you can can keep going to somewhere else that you were looking at what you were doing. But she is in the process of beginning to say something right now, and what do you do? Okay. So I, as Dirk approaches, he'll, he'll say... What happened here? And then he'll also, if he can, get a look into the room and see if he notices anything. So Dirk stops right at the doorway and says, what happened here? And as he does so, you hear Zaza also say, guards, capture them. And as you look in the room, you understand why. In each of your beds, there's a dead body. And the one in your bed, Dirk, looks exactly like you. His throat is slit, and he seems like he has been dead for a few days, based on the coloration of his skin. The other two people look nothing like your compatriots, but you assume that they are Sir Frederick Wellesley's companions. And as you say this, what happened? Naya looks up very confused. Sir, sir, sir. The, the, I came and killed you. The, the big beasts, the beasts. And as she says this, Zaza is like shushing her and calming her and trying to get her to stop talking. And she's screaming, guards, guards. Get them. Get them now. They aren't who they say they are. They are the assassins. Get them. 
and the two guards begin charging down the hall with guns pointed at you. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, can, can I make an intelligence check to give me a slightly more time to figure out what the hell to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, why don't we... Yeah, everyone go ahead and make just a straight intelligence check and tell me what you get. And based on how well you all react, I will give you guys kind of this out-of-character discussion time. But it literally will be X amount of time before I say roll for initiative again. Okay. 16. We got a 16. Uh, 17. 17. And I got Bertram? 16. Oh, I'm sorry, not Bertram, Adam. I got 12 for mine. Okay, so you got a 12. All right. So I'm going to give you exactly two minutes to discuss what you are going to do in this situation. Okay. So give me one moment, and as soon as I say go, the timer will begin. And three, two, one, go. Okay. Do we act off like they were imposters and that it's just something to confuse them? I think or that's our only option. We can't fight a whole airship of people. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to escape to. We're in the air. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dirk, Dirk knows for sure that there are places you can hide. Uh, but hide for yeah, two days. Yeah, if, if we fight, we're definitely dead. Uh, or we would have to escape somehow. We uh, have to try to convince them or run, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, uh, Bertram, you're best with deception. Kurt and uh, Kurt check. So you should head it, and I will For try sure. to give advantage with uh, <laughs> using reason. So I'll say something like, uh, whoever the assassin is, they are, <laughs> they are quite good or they are quite good at laying out, uh, or at, uh, blackmailing or not blackmailing. What's the, what's, the, what's it called? Framing? Framing. Framing. Yes. Framing. It's, it's a clear frame. That's that's tough. All right. Any 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 other thoughts? Anyone? Definitely need to figure out which one of the five different groups, in the silver hair, silver sailors, responsible. Unless there's someone that our I feel like our play is the witness who said there were beasts. We're clearly not that. Right. And we're alive. So. And stop. Okay. Okay. So the, that was your little thinking time briefly there. Uh, as you guys are all very intelligent, this was happening in a split second. So, yeah. No, what are you doing? Let's not be hasty here. The, the woman said she saw beasts. We are not beasts. We are Sir Frederick Wellesley and his companions. There's clearly something else afoot here. Look at how quickly they convinced you that we are assassins. They clearly are masters at framing, as would an assassin be. It's all about diverting your attention to something else. This is that diversion. We must protect the uh, metallic dragonborn now. She looks at you, Sir Frederick, and says, Where do you live in a Gelfie? <laughs> I'm guessing a history check isn't going to save me there. Nope. There is no check you can make that can save you other than pure bullshit. I don't... I don't stay there. I move from town to town. Where is your residency? Sir Frederick Wellesley. She has her hand on her side. It's clearly his estates. 
It's his, he's a landed knight. He has his own property there. How else guards, do you describe it guards, other than his place of guards. being? Guards. All right. Can, yeah. As since so, the player Nick is not as quick as like very quick with wits, can I can I make a, a check to see if Dirk can do better than Nick? Sure. Yeah. You can. You can. Well, Bertram kind of took over there and said something real quick. Yeah. And Sir Frederick does not will, live in his own <laughs> estate. It was a guess. It was a guess. It was a good it guess. It was a wrong guess. It was a wrong guess. I'm sorry. So all shit has now broken loose, and she is directing the guards directly at you. I guess we're running away. Or I'm going to start running away. So <laughs> we can decide what you guys are going to do next episode. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> yep. Oh, my. Shit. Yep. So, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed Dice Heist today and can't wait to get back to it. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. I can't tell you how much it means to have people actually listening to us just play D&D. It's really awesome, and I've done my best to put a lot of effort into the story, uh, but it's it's just it's amazing to have people actually listening to it. Our next episode will be released on Sunday, April 25th. I want to thank my three players, co-hosts, and partners, Aaron, Bronson, and Nick. For helping me bring this dream together. Like I said before, this has meant a lot to me, and uh, it, it's just been really great to have their their assistance with this. I want to give a special thanks to Nick for letting us use his song, Something For Now, for our intro and outros. I'd also like to thank BattleBards.com for the help improving our show with the use of their music uh, for background and sound effects. I'd like to thank my wife, Erica, for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes. As I've mentioned before, I'm working on getting together a lot of fun gadgets for the gang to use in the city of Agelfia. And I think it'd be really cool if you as listeners were able to give us a little bit of input. So if you can, take a moment to think of some gadget. It can be something super simple. It can be something kind of wacky, something super helpful, whatever it is. Anything that you feel like is interesting and might add a little bit of flair to the story, let us know. You can send us a message on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist, or you can send us a message through Facebook at our Dice Heist podcast Facebook page. Uh, feel free to reach us out to us via email as well, as, you know, I, I, I welcome seeing a listener email us. That would be amazing. Uh, lastly, I'd like to point out our giveaway one more time. Don't forget to like, share, and follow our giveaway posts so you can get a chance to win some cool stuff. Uh, I know that time's running out quick, so just keep an eye out for that. And we'll be announcing the winner in episode 9, so keep an ear out for that. Uh, And all the information on the giveaway is in the post itself, and there are links in the description to those posts, both on Facebook and Twitter. So feel free to just click on those, and it'll take you right to it. I think that's it for today, so stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist. I swear to God, if, if there are like orc minotaurs that exist in this world, <laughs> I want to be so freaked out. <laughs> you said hey, like Bronson. <laughs> what? Hey Bronson, you know what you just did? What? <laughs> did I create? Did I create orc minotaurs? <laughs> you just created orc minotaurs. <laughs> Fuck. That's dude. That's terrifying. Like that's a terrifying thought. But Sir Patrick Wellesley finds help where he needs it.
Frederick. Frederick Wells. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Player slip, not Bertram slip. 